0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit Relatechurch.com. Everybody's doing good this morning? Yes. Awesome. Was a, a wonderful time of worship. Anyone else enjoy that? He is faithful. He's, he's good. He's worthy. He's worthy of our adoration and our praise. Yes. Well, I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Um, we are in part two of Summer Road Trip. And I always like this, this series every, every summer. It gives us a chance to hear from some different people. Um, and we kind of uh, play off the idea of going on a, on a vacation or going on a road trip, traveling, trying to get from one destination to the other. And so let me ask a question in here. Whoever has planned out a vacation and it just went perfect? Exactly the way you planned it. Anyone? A couple people? Because it happens. There are a couple, that it happens that sometimes, obviously, a few have planned out a vacation and it just went exactly the way you planned it. No problems, no issues, no challenges. But that's not always how they go, is it? Anyone else? in here had a, had a challenging uh, start or finish or all the way through? Yeah, yeah, we've all experienced that. Um, you know, Pastor Chuck and I, our kids uh, are, are a little older now, so it's a, it's a little bit easier when we go on a road trip because they put on their headphones and that's about it. We don't hear from them again. <laughs> but, no, um, but when they were smaller, we had little challenges like, um, like this challenge, that. Do you, know what, do, you know, do you know what I've done there? I've jerry-rigged it, because have you ever seen when a baby's their head is bobbing, you know, like their head just banging around and bobbing as they're sleeping, right? And I just couldn't take it as a mama. So I would usually sit, like, either with my arms stretched back, holding their head up, like, the whole trip. My arm would go numb. Or I'd have to squeeze in between their car seats with all the cracker crumbs and all the gook, you know, and sit there with my arms holding them, their heads up, and, and I know I, I know it's not safe, I know that's not safe, but but, the, but but it held their little heads up, and they were able to sleep. Like, this one on the left, I made that thing. Like, I sewed it and filled it with beans and Velcroed, and it just kind of Velcroed around the back of the car seat. I know it's not safe. I know. That's why I didn't, that's why I didn't try to patent it. <laughs> but it worked. It worked. It's brilliant, does not it? it works. Except for if you have to stop really hard. I, I just don't know the, the details of like how it would be bad for them. Might hurt them. But anyways, so that kind of stuff. Those are just little challenges. You know, you figure out how to do it yourself. You make it work to make it better. And then there's these kind of challenges where you just really have nothing <laughs> that you can do. He cried. When t- most of our road trips were up to um, Ohio. And one trip when, he was, um, when Luke was little, he screamed The whole way, like just for 14 hours, just screamed, hated every minute of being in the car seat. And that's why Pastor Chuck looked like that. (laughs) Most of the time, no matter what we did, we just couldn't make him happy. He didn't want to be there. He didn't want to be in that car seat. So it wasn't a very fun trip. And you know, life is like that. Sometimes it's just full of these challenges, and you just one after the other. You're experiencing some challenges, and you do your best, kind of jerry-rigged the whole thing. <clears throat> Still not very fun. But then, how many have ever had a, a vacation that you've gone on and the car broke down? Tire went flat, someone stole your wallet, hurricane came through. <laughs> that happened to us. We, we were headed to the coast when hurricane came through. We had to turn around and we ended up in Hot Springs, Arkansas for our vacation. <laughs> It was a fantastic vacation. Um, but so anyways, sometimes more challenging, awful, terrible things come up, and we have to deal with those along the way. But it doesn't change the fact that there was a destination that you were trying to get to, that there was a plan, and it was a good plan. No one, no one starts off with a bad plan. I think I'm gonna plan the worst vacation ever. No one ever does that, right? There's a, good, there's a plan for a good vacation. And God has a good plan for your life, a plan to prosper you, to make you succeed, a plan for you to walk in his blessing. God has a plan for your life. And so what we're going to talk about today is how to face the challenges of life, because there are challenges, yes? The journey doesn't always go as planned. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 tells us this. And it's in your notes. It says, beloved, do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. You know, because uh, this is in the word because that's exactly how we all react when something difficult, hard, even awful comes up. What have I done? What have I done to deserve this? What have I done to have this happen in my life? Why is this happening? people feel that, right? And so, so the Bible tells us, don't think it's strange. Things are going to happen. Everybody say things happen. happen. Challenges Challenges come. They do. There's no way around that. In fact, the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18, he says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and internal weight of glory. He lets us know the afflictions are going to come, but if we will face them with the right attitude, it'll actually work the glory of God out in our life. We'll see the glory of God in our life. So how we face challenges determines the quality of the journey, and it also determines the strength of the testimony. I'm gonna say that again. It's in your notes, but it's worth saying again. How we face challenges determines the quality of the journey. Everybody wants a quality journey. Good, awesome, this is awesome. Nobody wants the bad. But how we face the challenges that will come really determines what the quality is going to be like and the strength of the testimony. So, what I'd like to talk about right now for just a few minutes is a story, the history of the children of Israel. Now, some of you who've gone to Sunday school or, or who've been in the, in the church for a while, you've heard the story about the children of Israel and how God brought them out of Egypt. So let's talk about them for just a few minutes. For 400 years, the, the, the Israelites were under the captivity of the Egyptians, okay? They were, they were, they were taken um, and they, became, they were made slaves. Just so you know, Pastor Chuck just said, get back up on the stage. <laughs> That's why I walked down and came back up. <laughs> just so you know, anyways. So the Egyptians were slaves. And they, um, they were, they were slaves. They were farmers. They cleaned houses. They made food. All under the Egyptian rule for 400 years. But before that, they were um, the children of Israel. Israel was a, a person in relationship with God had a relationship with the Almighty God. And you follow that lineage, it goes all the way back to Adam, who had what? A relationship with God. He and God, they walked in the cool of the day. They talked. God shared with Adam. There was a relationship. Adam knew God. He knew his character. And then we know how that all happened sin entered in and that relationship got severed and then from that moment on listen to me from that moment on God systematically purposely did things over and over and over and over again so that people would know him he wanted them to see who he was his character so that they would know him So we see the children of Israel, they've been separated. They have, for 400 years, they have been under the rule of the Egyptians. They thought like the Egyptians. They talked like the Egyptians. Come on now. They, they walked like the Egyptians. Didn't they? They did what the Egyptians did. 400 years under the culture of the Egyptian rule. 400 years with that culture in them. They served gods. They knew that they were separate, but their thinking was completely messed up. Completely messed up. So much so that God had to send somebody in there to begin to show them who he was. That he was capable of actually doing what he promised he would do, and that is set them free. So he began to show them, this is who I am. This is what I can do. And through Moses, he brought the children of Israel out of that captivity. They were free physically, but their thinking was still wrong. The way that they thought. And so what did God do? He gave them the 10 Commandments. That's gonna blow some of your mind. The 10 Commandments were not just rules and regulations to try to keep them in control. The 10 Commandments were so they would know the character of God. So that they would know that the murder is not what he likes. It is opposite of him. He is the God of life, not death. So stay away from it. It was all about them knowing who God was, his character. And so, in the process of all of these, of God showing himself, he brings them out. Through the Red Sea. Is everyone okay with this little history lesson? Brings them through the Red Sea, shows them he's a mighty God, and the children of Israel saw over and over and over again what God could do. But the problem, the thing, I believe, that hindered them in getting to where they were supposed to be. The destination that God had for them. Because if you've read in Exodus or through the Old Testament, you will see that the children of Israel, the people that God brought out of Egypt, didn't make it to their destination. What should have taken them 40 days, took them 40 years. And the ones who started off didn't even get to go in. They ended up dying in the desert. They got detoured on some awful, hot, dry terrible place and never got out of that stinky town was that god's was that god's plan no his plan was to get them to the destination and all along he was going to show them who he was there were a couple people who found out who god is they found out his character moses anyone else know who joshua and caleb so I'm going to talk about Joshua, because Joshua was the one who ended up taking the, the Israelites into, the Can- into Canaan land, into the promises of God. He was the one. And so um, in order, though and we see why what made Joshua? because if you read you see, Joshua and Caleb were of a different spirit than the rest of them. When they went to spy out the land, it looked hard. Everyone say, hard. hard. There were challenges. There were terrible things that they, that they had to face. And the majority of the people said, we cannot do it. We'd rather die right here in the desert than to, to have to go against this challenge. It's too hard. But Joshua said, no, we can do it. We can. Listen, people are not going to like it when we take the attitude of we are going to make it. We can do this. You know what the majority of the people wanted to do to Joshua? They wanted to stone him for saying, we can do this. If we side in with everybody who has a negative outlook, who has that, that says, this is impossible. If you side in with them, you're either going to go down with them. If you you go against what they say, they're going to want to stone you, but you should choose to go against them and go with what God says. I'm off a little bit here, but that's for somebody. Stop listening to what people are saying. So anyways... So, so, so Joshua ends up taking them in. What made Joshua different? Why? I'm going to tell you another little story. In the process of, of God bringing them out of Egypt, along the way, the Israelites came up against a nation called um, Amalek, Amalekites. The Amalekites. The Amalekites were fierce. They were warriors. They fought a lot. And God said... God said, Joshua, take Joshua. Joshua, get an army together and I want you to go fight against them. What is Joshua's army made up of? Farmers, Farmers. bakers, and brickmakers. That's who his, his army is made up of. Joshua had to look at this whole situation and say, <laughs> all right, okay. I mean, th- this is the very beginning of this thing. So Joshua takes out this army and they go against the Amalekites. And as they're fighting, as they are totally invested in the fight, and I want you to get this picture. He didn't just go out and say, Amalekites, you are going down. I mean, you are you are out, uh, you are over. He wasn't out there just talking smack. He was totally invested in the fight. He was fighting. His arms were tired. His body was weary. His mind was trying to figure out, what do I do next? How do I handle this situation? He was in the middle of the fight, and as he was fighting, God was moving on his behalf. Joshua and his army during this time didn't stand on the background and say, Okay, God, okay, God, we're gonna stand on these sidelines. You do something, do something, God, do something, God. God, come on, when are you gonna do something? They picked up the sword that they didn't even know how to use, and they went into the fight. And as they're fighting, Moses is standing on the mountain. With his arms raised, because God said, as long as you have your rod stretch out to me, I, they will know I am for you. And when his arms got tired, people gathered up around him and he continued to raise those arms up. Until what happened? Joshua defeated the Amalekites. Now I'm telling you all this because there's one thing we've got to know in order to overcome challenges. We've got to know that God is for us. We have to know his character. We have to know who he is. It's not enough just to know his name. You have to know what he can do, what he will do, the character of God. And if we're not careful, people will begin to distort that out of experience, out of things that they have been told down the line of who God is, well you just never know. Maybe God's trying to teach something. Maybe God needed another angel in heaven. Maybe God's trying to teach you a lesson. Can God teach you a lesson? Oh yeah, because you know what he is? He is master at making beauty out of ashes. He can, he can, he can teach you and make you wise and strong right in the midst of the fire and bring you out. That's how awesome our God is. He's not the author of death, destruction, and stealing from you. That's a whole nother person. To attribute that to Him, we should not do that. It's not His character. So I'm going to tell you something. The way that we face the challenges. It means everything. How did Joshua face his challenge? I want, to, I want you to see something. First, this is what the Lord tells Joshua. He says this in Joshua 1, and we heard Pastor, Chuck talk, or Pastor Paul talk about this last week. He says in chapter 1, you can read, starting up verse 1 all the way down to verse 9, but it says this in eight, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that was written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success god's telling joshua you want to know how to overcome you want to know how to get to the destination i'm going to tell you this is how you do it you put my word in your in your in your eyes you know you you find out about me what i'm saying and then he tells joshua this be strong and of good courage don't be afraid don't be dismayed for the lord your god is with you wherever you go Don't be afraid, have courage, I'm with you. Listen, look, keep it in front of you, who I am. Don't be afraid, I'm with you. So God's telling him, be courageous, Joshua, be courageous. And that sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm gonna be courageous, yeah. But if you're trying to do it in your own strength, you're only going to be able to go so far and then what do you do then what do you do has to be relying on him where does courage come from it comes from knowing God knowing his character see Joshua trusted God because he paid close attention to God's faithfulness and what God said he would do and God's promises and he reminded himself of what God will do Exodus chapter 17, I love this verse. It says, Joshua fought the Amalekite army and defeated them. And then in verse 14 it says, the Lord said, this is what the Lord, this is what the Lord God said to Joshua after he defeated him. He said, write this for a memorial in the book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. Write it down and then rehearse it. So for year after year, as they were in the desert, every time a challenge would come up, this, is, this testimony of what God had done through Joshua was right before him. Joshua do you remember? Do you remember what God did? Joshua you remember what God did? Days would pass. Joshua do you remember what God did? Joshua, remember. Joshua, remember that God worked through you to defeat the Amalekites. Remember what God did? Do you remember what God did? Joshua, don't forget! Don't forget how God used you. Don't forget what God did. Joshua, remember. Year after year. Joshua get your book out. I you know this is hard right now, but get your book out. Look, look what God did through you. Look how God used you. Look at God had, how God brought, brought us out. Remember, do you remember what God did? That's why testimonies are so important. That's why it's so important who you surround yourself with because you, I promise you, you will either have people who will say, do you remember what God did? Do you remember what God did? Remember how God brought you out. Remember how he saved you. Or you will surround yourself with people who will say, You're never going to make it. What do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? It's our choice. By choice, we choose what we want to remember. And so Joshua, over and over and over again, he chose to remember that God is able and God is for me. He told me to be courageous, he told me not to fear, and he said, I will be with you, God is for us. And that is why when Joshua came up against Canaan land, the giants, where everyone else said, there's no way, it was in him, he knew God. He remembered what God could do. And he said, no, no, those are giants, but I remember what God has done. Through me. God did that. I remember. But I tell you, it's not enough just to remember. It's not enough. It's good, you gotta get testimonies, you gotta get people speaking truth, but you gotta know him. You gotta know him. Joshua, here's another thing about Joshua. Moses would go up the mountain And he would get in the presence of God. Do you know who went with Moses? Joshua. He said, and listen, listen, there was a whole host of people, thousands of people watching Moses do this. And you know what they said? "Mm, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not going up there. And they resisted it so much that God finally said, don't let him come. Don't let him come up here, it'll just destroy him. Don't. But Joshua Joshua would go. And when Moses would go before the Lord, Joshua was right there with him. Joshua wanted to know the same God Moses did. So it wasn't enough to just see what God could do, he began to know who God was. He knew his character, and that's why when those, those giants were standing in front of him and the challenge was in his face, he was able to say, we can do this. I'm telling you, we can do this. We can overcome this challenge. We can fight this fight. We can win this fight. We can win this fight because God is for us. God is with us, and he is faithful, and he is good, and he is loving, and he is kind. He knew God. We wanna get through the challenges, we need to know the character of God. Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14 says this, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You will lose heart unless you believe that God is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. You will lose heart. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse five says this. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing that rises up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. When when the thoughts come, when people talk, we have to take those thoughts captive and we have to say, no, that is not who God is. That is not how God works. No, that is not the truth. When you hear it in your own mind, you're never going to make it. You have to say with your mouth what you believe. You have to say, I am going to make it. I'm going to get through this. And not only am I going to get through it, I'm going to get through it and I'm going to get to the blessing God has for me. And my life is going to get to this place. I am going to rise up and walk. I am going to be healthy. I am going to prosper. Because this is who God is. And he's my God. And he's for me, so we gotta know his character. How do we know God, though? Anyone in here know God's character? We begin to learn God's character, we begin to know him. We can know him even better, and it's through the person of Jesus. Jesus, they said this this about Jesus, in Hebrews one, verse three, it says, Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. We know God's character through Jesus. So what do we need to look at? What did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? He is our example of God. He is our example. You know, Nick, our guitar player up here, that's Adrian Warren's husband. Adrian knows Nick. She knows what Nick will say. She knows what Nick will do. She knows Nick. You knowing Nick's name does not mean you know Nick. Just because you know his name does not mean you know him. And yet so many Christians do that same thing. I know, I know God. How? How? How do you know him? Don't deceive yourself. Because if you're not spending time with him, and you're not getting to know him, and you don't know his ways, and you don't know what he would do or how he does things, you don't know him, you know his name. And just knowing his name is not going to get you through the challenge or get you through the problem. you got to know him. We know him through Jesus. What did Jesus say? What would Jesus do? Amen. That's where courage comes from. We look at Jesus. Jesus had to have courage to go through the most difficult thing a human being could go through. Not only dying on the cross for us, but he carried the weight of the world upon his shoulders. He died for the sins of all mankind from the very beginning to the very end. He allowed himself to be separated from God completely so that we could have a relationship with the Father. He went through hell on our behalf. He faced it, and he came out triumphant on the other side. Why? He knew God. He also knew something else. He knew God loved him. He said it over and over again. He said it over and over about us. He made sure we knew it. Let me ask you a question. Why did Jesus do all those miracles? Was it just so we could know he can do it? Was he just showing off? Woo! Let me show you something, boys. Was he, that, that no. Nah. Jesus was doing all those things so that we could know the character of God. This is how God is. This is good, what God will do. This is what God is like. This is what God thinks. And the one thing that he wanted to make sure everybody knew was that God loves you, loves you. You know, sometimes we, we can get it confused because we sing, we sing songs about loving the Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you. And people say, oh, she loves Jesus. She loves Jesus. And that's awesome, isn't it? It's awesome to know you love the Lord. But it's a whole different thing to know he loves you. Whole different thing. For instance, is it okay if I come off the stage again? Y'all right with that? (laughs) I gotta tease him every chance I get, because I get teased a lot from when he's up here. So anyways. um, So it's a whole different thing to know that he loves you whole different thing. Anyone who's ever had a baby knows the difference. You know the difference because once that baby's born, there's something that rises up on the inside of you that you didn't know existed, right? You didn't even know it existed. And it was this, it's this, I would die for this person. I will lay down my life. I will give everything for this person. I ever heard of mama bear. Do not mess with my kid, <laughs> Right? You want to see the bad side of me? Mess with my kid, right? You've heard mamas talk like that. Daddies, boys come sniffing around the girls. They mm-hmm. <laughs> protection, right? You get protective over your. The, you get protective over this being that you love. You love them. And that's different than just saying, I love you, I love you. That's a feeling. The other love is all action, all action. My kids know I love them because I clean their clothes, I fix their hair, I make food for them, I cry when they cry, I laugh when they laugh, I I give my whole life for them, I lay down what I do for them. That's why they know that I love them. Not just because I kiss their face a million times and say, I love you, I love you, I love you, to wake them up. It's my actions along with what I say. And God is no different. His action towards us is love. He gives us everything. He has given us everything. He will do for us. Why? Say it because He loves. He loves. In fact, let's just say it like this He loves me. He loves me. me. Jesus was able to go to the cross because he knew God loved him. In fact, he said it, like I said, over and over again in, the, in John, and they don't have him on here. Just listen. John chapter 5, verse 20, he says, the Father dearly loves the Son. Jesus talking about himself. The Father dearly loves me. John chapter 17, he says, you have loved them as you have loved me John chapter 17 verse 26, he says, I have made, listen, this is Jesus. This is what Jesus said. I have made your name known to them and revealed your character, your very self, and I will continue to make you known that the love which you have bestowed upon me may be in them felt in their hearts. He came so that we could know the character of God and not just know the character of God, but know we are loved. When you know that someone loves you that intensely and that they're capable of doing anything, there is no fear when challenges come. You have no fear because you know he's for you. And it might be hard, and you might have to get invested, and you might have to roll up your sleeves, and you might get a little weary, and you might get a little tired, and you might feel challenged, you might be tempted to be afraid, but you've got to know he's for you, and he's going to see you through it to the very end because that's who he is he's a faithful God and if he did it for Adam and he did it for Moses and he did it for Joshua and he did it for the children of Israel and he did it for Jesus and he did it for the disciples he's going to do it for you he's faithful he's faithful WE'VE GOT TO KEEP OURSELVES REMINDED OF THE FAITHFULNESS OF GOD. WE'VE GOT TO REMIND OURSELVES OF HIS CHARACTER. SO WHEN THE WORLD COMES AT US AND BEGINS TO LIE ABOUT WHO HE IS, BECAUSE THEY'RE GONNA LIE ABOUT WHO HE IS. THEY'RE GOING TO TWIST HIM AND THEY'RE GOING TO PAINT AND PERVERT WHO GOD IS. BECAUSE THE GOD OF THIS WORLD DOES NOT WANT US TO KNOW THE GOD THAT WE SERVE. So when those things are being said, we have to keep the testimony of who God is in our mind. We have to play it over and over again. And if you don't have one, you believe God, I've got my life as a testimony. And then you get on YouTube and you find every testimony that you can and you watch them over and over and over again. And you go through the Bible and you read about what God has done. And you remind yourself of how good he is, how faithful he is. And then when the devil comes and he says, you're not going to make it through this, you say, oh, yes, I am, because he loves me. He loves me. And I will not be afraid. He loves me. He loves me. He's faithful. I'm going to end with this one last testimony. Um, And I had it on a video, but the video didn't work, unfortunately. But I'll tell you what we will do. We will post the video on the, on the on Facebook page, if you, know, if you follow us on Facebook, which you should follow us on Facebook, because it's, it's where you get information from. But um, we'll post it on there. But this is a story of a young couple, and she was, a, she, uh, was pregnant, gave birth to her, their baby girl, and shortly after she gave birth, the, the little girl had a heart attack. Newborn baby had a heart attack. And so for... Uh, A period of time, they were faced with this challenge, what is going to happen to our daughter? And she began to deteriorate. Her her lungs began to uh, have issues. And they actually got to the place where there wasn't any activity. There was no response whatsoever. This little couple, though, before it happened, they knew who God was. And from the very beginning, they would the dad, the nurses would say, this is what's happening. He'd say, thank you. Thank you for letting me know. Is there something I can pray with you about? Because God is so faithful. And the nurse would say, well, I've got a neck. My neck's bothering me. he said, let me pray for you. He'd say, Father, I thank you that you're a healer right now and you're healing her your neck. And the nurse would get healed. He kept reminding him himself of the character of God. And the doctor would come to him, because the nurses and the doctors started to get a little nervous because they're thinking, he doesn't get the seriousness of this. And he did. So the doctor would come and he'd say, the doctor would say, um, I need you to know something. I need you to know. This is serious. There's no response. There's no, it, uh, there's nothing, it, it, would have to be, it would have to be, there'd have to be something. And there's no response. So the dad says, sitting right in front of the doctor, he says, doctor, I hear you, I hear what you're saying. He said, what would it take for you to know that she's okay? What would it take? And the doctor said, well, there'd need to be a response, something, her eyes would open, something. So the doctor, so the dad says this, doctor, be prepared, be prepared to see the response. And this little couple he it shows it shows on the video he would stand in front of the mirror and he'd say i don't care what happens i will never be moved off the fact that god is faithful and he is for me and that he can do all things i will never be moved off of that it doesn't matter what i see i will never be moved off of the character of god because he is greater than all of these things he is greater than what i experience and he is faithful and he doesn't change and he's my God. And he would, he would speak to himself in the mirror, which I'm a total proponent of. If you know my story, I did it a whole bunch when I was walking through my own. So he talked to himself, and he would declare to himself. And then his wife and they would get together and prayed, and I love this. He said, this is what he said. He said, we didn't beg God to do something. We partnered with him. And we said, we know this is what you say about yourself, and so we're going to say it about you too. We know that this is who you are, so we're gonna declare this is who you are in this situation. And so four days goes by with nothing, nothing. And the dad is sitting beside the baby's bassinet in the hospital. She's all tubes and, and all that, sitting next to her, reading her the Bible. I want you to see the fight. You see the fight? He didn't sit back and say, okay, God, do something. he didn't he got in there he rolled up his sleeve and even though he was weary and even though he, w- he was fighting the good fight of faith it's a good fight because you win you win and so for four days nothing happens and on that that the, the end of that fourth day as he's reading the scriptures his wife sitting there that little baby's eyes opened up no brain damage no lung damage No heart damage. She was completely healthy. God is in the miracle working business. He is able. He is able, and there is not one challenge that we face from the very smallest to the greatest that he, when he is involved and when we stand with him and when we declare who he is and we stay unmovable, he will not see us through. He is a faithful God. There's not one thing. Do you believe that? Amen, I believe it too. He is a good God. He is a good God. Amen. So if you would, would you bow your heads with me right now? If there's someone in this place and you're faced with a challenge right now, you're faced with a challenge in your life, I want you to lift your hand up. And you, you've been dealing with it. Okay, Father, you see these hands. Lord, you, know this, you knew these people before they even came in here. You know every detail of their life. You know everything that they're facing, everything that they're looking at. And Father, I thank you that you're faithful, God, that you are unshakable and unmovable, that your word is true about who you are. You are good and merciful and kind and loving. Lord, in the middle of the fire, you uphold us. You surround us. Father, you're faithful to us and you love us. I thank you, Lord, that you're working in every one of these situations. Help us to declare and speak your truth. Help us to guard what we hear. Help us to see you more clearly, your character and experience and know in a greater to a greater depth the love that you have for us. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. Lord, I thank you that you're, you are working in each life, that no one's here by just habit or happenstance, that we're here for a reason, and that by your spirit you're working in us, you're strengthening us, you're helping us to stand and to be representatives of you in the earth.